MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by BetRivers. And welcome in, fine citizens. Manic Monday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Great to be with you. Still in Florida. Still reveling in the sunshine. I know there's like 17 inches of snow back in Michigan. And you're all here in spirit. Even the ones that were trying to shove it in my face that Michigan got their asses kicked, which they did. Uh, but no, love to, to one and all. And it's been an amazing, amazing time down here. Uh, I know many of you have probably gone to Florida before, Miami, Orlando, etc. It is definitely a great place to be in the winter when it's cold and snowy in Detroit. But, you know, we're going to get to more of a wrap-up of what happened in Michigan season and what happened in the Orange Bowl going further in this week and in, in the offseason as well. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about what's next for Michigan and, of course, what's next for Michigan State as well. They, they won the Peach Bowl uh, on Thursday. So there's lots to discuss uh, about the two big college teams uh, that we'll get to over the next, you know, several weeks and, and several months. Uh, but today, just really want to focus on the Lions and what happened to them in Seattle, what's going to happen with them in the draft. Before we do that, though, I want to take a quick trip to the uh, Motor City betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. And, and by the way, you know, the line will be up soon. The the early feel is that, you know, if obviously Green Bay's got to play all their starters, 11 to 13 points, the Packers will be a favorite over the Lions next week at Ford Field. So we'll, we'll monitor that for you throughout the week. Of course, Jared Goff's status, et cetera. There is a bowl game on Tuesday. We'll pick that uh, right now for you uh, because our next show will be on Wednesday. The Wild Wednesday edition of the CityCast. And we, you know, we, the bowl season has been pretty darn good so far. Uh, well over 500, uh, well into the, the 20 wins right now, even with all the cancellations. And we'll reveal the overall final record uh, on Wednesday's, uh, or I'm sorry, on Thursday's show. But we do have the Texas Bowl. And a lot of you are like, why is there a bowl game in between, you know, the, the end of the, you know, big bowl games on New Year's Day and the national title game? Well, it's because of money. But they want to bridge the gap. But it is LSU and K-State. Interesting game. LSU obviously has had a, 
uh, you know, a lot of things going on, you know, coaching change and all that stuff. And they've got a lot of guys that have opted out. K-State currently a five-point favorite at Bet Rivers. The money line, K-State minus 200, LSU plus 165. And the total over and under, 48 minus 109. On the over, minus 112 on the under. Listen, I'm, I'm alive in survivor pools or confidence pools. This was a one-star game for me. Uh, it's going to stay a one-star game. It's a one-star play on LSU. I think they're going to hang in this game enough, even though K-State's offense is pretty solid. Uh, I think the, 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 the distractions that LSU has had, they'll be focused by bowl game time, or by kickoff, that is. And I think that LSU can at least lose this game close if they don't win it. Um, so take LSU plus the five. It's one-star play. We've done pretty good with our one-star plays. That's your Texas Bowl uh, on Tuesday at 9 o'clock. But how about the national title game? This line opened at two and a half for Georgia. It's staying at two and a half right now. At Bet Rivers, there's a little action on the uh, on Georgia, minus 115, uh, minus that two and a half. Bama plus two and a half, minus 106. Money line, Georgia, minus 141. Bama plus 112. And the total, 52 and a half. Both over and under are minus 110. My early feel on this, and it's not just because Georgia made Michigan look silly and I saw it in person. My early feel on this is that Georgia is not losing twice to Alabama. Twice in what? You know, less than a month or so, right around a month or so. And Georgia is a better team than Alabama. Georgia has a better defense than Alabama. Georgia has better skill players than Alabama. Uh, I just think this is Georgia's year. They haven't won a national title since 1981. And if they lost to Bama twice in the span of basically a month, maybe Georgia fans would start thinking they're like the Lions. They're never going to win it. So the early lead is Georgia minus the two and a half. I know it might seem tricky because why is that not a three-point line? We might see it go to three where there's, we're seeing some sharps on Georgia, but it's staying at least at Bet Rivers right now at two and a half. Well, much more on this, uh, you know, leading up to the game, but my early lead is on Georgia minus the two and a half. Right, It's a trip to the Motor City betting window. Brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Well, let's get into it here. And I've been discussing all year long with you about the Lions and telling you that this is a team, it's not about wins and losses, not worrying about what their record is, not worrying about, you know, they were going to be a playoff team. They were going to be a division contender. It was about identifying what players are going to be there through this rebuild. I think maybe 20% of the roster at most will be around in three or four years. I mean, some of that's contract-based. But it was about that and identifying what Dan Campbell is and hopefully can be as a head coach. And Anthony Lynn, and it looks like Anthony Lynn might not be around that long, the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, and obviously Aaron Glenn, the position coaches. So it was never about worrying about the Lions getting to five wins or six wins or seven wins or whatever it ends up, you know, ended up being. It was about how they played and about how some young guys played. And just for a perfect example, Amon Ross St. Brown, what he's been able to do this year's draft pick has been incredible in the last four or five weeks. He's been one of the better wide receivers in football. And, you know, in the game today, which we're going to get to in a minute, which kind of will lead into the whole point I've been making about what we've seen all year long and what we didn't see today, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, a couple touchdowns in the first three quarters. And, you know, one of them was a rushing touchdown for 26 yards. Another one, a seven-yard touchdown pass from Tim Boyle, and then he got the two-point conversion. He is a young star in the making. Could be the slot guy for years and years to come for the Detroit Lions. So that's that's one of those things that I've discussed with you that it's about getting excited about the future and who's going to be around. One thing that I've hung my hat on with this Lions team, and 
call many of you off the ledge that were saying, oh, okay, you know, this team sucks, Dan Campbell sucks. They have played their ass off and been in games they shouldn't have and been in games that they could have won against, you know, teams that were good uh, for the majority of the season. Well over 80%. For a team that obviously came into the, the Seattle game 2-12-1, and one, that, that's saying something. They're not good. They're one of the worst teams in football via lack of depth, via injuries, you know, no longer having Matt Stafford, all that stuff. But they fought their asses off in pretty much every game, except obviously Cincinnati, which was disgusting, and the Eagles game at Ford Field, which was disgusting. Aside from that, they have been, or won, Every single game, the Broncos game, they were just completely over uh, outmanned. They were in it for a minute. They ended up losing by 28. So I, I felt better about that, you know, without golf and all the other issues they had in that game than I did a, a, about the games with uh, Cincinnati and with the Eagles that were just disgusting fests. But otherwise, every other game they were in. In Seattle, they were not. And, you know, it's I, it's the end of the season – there's been a lot of lack of depth and injury issues, so it's going to be tiring. Guys have played over their heads. In fact, Tim Boyle almost, you know, had over 300 yards. And I just, I look at it like this, that I'm not going to harp on Dan Campbell in the preparation for this game. It's not a game that Seattle needed either. The Lions have historically done bad in Seattle. They went out there, they're tired, they're hurt, they're banged up. But I, I still would expected better stuff earlier in this game. I mean, before you looked up, it was 17-0. But then the Lions, you know, they got the Monroe St. Brown touchdown in the second quarter. Seattle ended up scoring two more touchdowns. And then the Lions, or I'm sorry, three more touchdowns. And the Lions scored uh, a couple touchdowns. Great. And how about Taylor Decker getting one uh, for the big man, the offensive lineman? But th this is something that is so important for this team's future going forward. They've got to see what Dan Campbell is. And for the majority of Dan Campbell's tenure here in Detroit, the team has been connected to him. The team has played their asses off for him. You've seen guys, you know, fight and, and, and play to a level above their heads in many situations. And that, to me, is the key of what we're going to kind of try to evaluate and discuss in this offseason, where there's going to be, you know, first-round picks and possible free agent decisions to let go or to sign. Um, I mean, you look at guys like Charles Harris and what he's been able to do kind of was almost a scrap heap guy in the, in the way, a former top, you know, draft pick. Uh, what Julian Aquara has been able to do. Jalen Reese maven is one of the captains. Will Harris. The, the future is a lot brighter than I think some of you think it is, but there's a long way to go. And I, I can't harp on this enough. And I know that the, a lot of you have reached out to me on social media, et cetera, and agree with me on this. It is so much more worth it to go through several years of brutality, whether that's this season and next or even three years, if that means you come out of that and for 10 years, you're a true contender. We've never really seen that in Detroit. Yes, during the Wayne Fonts era, the Lions went to the playoffs four or five years. They had their most successful season ever in the Super Bowl era uh, where they went to the NFC title game. And they had the kind of team with that, you know, Glover and Lomas Brown and Barry Sanders and, you know, all these different pieces up and down the roster that they could have won a Super Bowl. Never happened. Cowboys and Lions supposed to be the team in the 90s. Cowboys were three titles. Lions won, you know, playoff win. It's that. One playoff win in 60 years. So when you look at the future, it is all about moving this team and franchise out of the doldrums 
and the good for one year, bad for three, the great for, you know, three years, terrible for 10. I mean, that's using a little hyper, uh, hyperbole here. So my friend Terry Foster says hyperbole. But there's never been consistency. They're not the Steelers or the Ravens or the Packers or the Niners, teams that have been good for decades, not just a decade, decades. Yeah, there'd be an off year here and there, but the majority of those teams' futures or, or press were success. And the off year, you know, back when it was 16 games, would go 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 or maybe lost their quarterback and went 7-9, and nine, whatever it was. The Lions have had a rare good year. And the majority of them are completely terrible years. So that's kind of what this franchise has to get out of. And hopefully Brad Holmes is the guy in charge of it that can do it. And Dan Campbell is the guy that's coaching that can do it. Way too early to tell. But part of what's going to happen is figuring out who the Lions take with their top draft pick, which is probably going to be number two, unless something crazy happens next week with Jacksonville. And Jacksonville got their asses kicked by New England. On Sunday, 15 to 10, just ridiculous. But it really looks like it's going to come down to Thibodeau from Oregon, the edge rusher from Oregon, 6'5", 258, and Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who did not have a great Orange Bowl, but no Wolverine really had a great Orange Bowl. I guess Jake Moody made a kick. 6'6", 265, and a a rookie machine. So is Thibodeau. And the Lions still could trade this down and get more draft picks or first-rounders and have, you know, three, four, five first-rounders in the next few years. Which obviously, you know, if you know how draft capital works and how they, you know, the point system they give for each draft pick and the slot it's in, that would be probably the highest in the NFL based on what the Lions have in the next two, three years in the first round and first two rounds. I, I love Hutchinson. I love Thibodeau. I think as long as the the Lions really identify one over the other and are going to go with that guy no matter what, meaning okay, if if Hutchinson's taken first and they love. Thibodeau, they take him, vice versa. Not that, okay, we're just going to take who falls there unless they really think both of these guys are franchise changers. And they both could be. And we're going to have a lot of time to talk about who the Lions should take at number one or number two. It's very likely going to be number two. Should they trade down, which seems to be Lions fans' mantras over and over again for the last several decades. Uh, Should they think something else? You know, a, a Stingley, you know, from... Uh, LSU, I would never take another corner of the top five after what happened with Okuda recently. Uh, you know, there's Carlottis, uh, uh, Carlottis, excuse me, from Purdue, who's shooting up the charts. There are some offensive linemen uh, that are in the, in the mix in the top seven, eight, ten. Neil from Alabama, you'll see him in the national title game if you want to watch him. Uh, he's likely to go in the top ten. And, you know... You don't take a quarterback this year in the first round, so that's not happening. I've looked at a lot of different mock drafts recently. It looks like Kenny Pickett uh, consensually is maybe going to be the top quarterback taken uh, after sitting out in the Peach Bowl. And Matt Corral, speaking of me being frustrated with guys opting out of some bowl games, totally agreeing with them and understanding that it's their decision. But Matt Corral would have had a serious leg injury in the Ole Miss loss last night or two nights ago to Baylor. So... You know, Matt Corral was actually someone that I liked, but he was going to probably go too high for me wanting the Lions to take him in the top 15 or 20 in the first round. But, you know, he's up there as well. So there's a lot of options for the Lions. We're going to have a lot of fun with looking at draft shows and bringing on, you know, various guests to discuss this, guys that cover the Lions, guys that cover, you know, the college players coming out to the NFL. But I think the, the, main, the main possibility, or what I think is very likely to happen, is that the Lions are going to get either Thibodeau or Hutchinson, based on who, you know, ends up being there or if the Lions like them 
or like both of them, and one falls to two, obviously, whether it's Thibodeau or Hutchinson, or maybe the Jags get number one, and they trade out of that pick, and then the Lions will get Hutchinson. There's a lot of different options. But I do like both of them a lot. I want to see what happens in the combine. Uh, I mean, obviously, Hutchinson didn't really leave a lot to be desired um, in his bowl game appearance in the semifinals. Uh, you know, Thibodeau is, is one of these guys that uh, you've seen all season long just kind of be a recce machine. It does come from the Pac-12. It's a lot different kind of defense than it is in the Big Ten. Sometimes it seems like Pac-12 guys can be a little softer because they're playing, you know, great offenses, but not as hard-hitting. I'm not necessarily going to subscribe to all that kind of stuff, but that's what the combine's for. That's what, you know, all these different people talking to different, uh, you know, scouts and things are like as well. You know, guys that, that watch these players game to game, that evaluate them in person, and obviously see them in the combine as well. So that's going to be something interesting to see. But I, I mean, just back to the whole feeling on the Lions, they've been so good at, at hanging in games and being, you know, uh, the kind of team that was very, very engaged with their coaching staff. And, and on Sunday in Seattle, they were not, I mean, chalk it up maybe to the end of the season, chalk it up maybe to just, you know, having too many injuries and depth problems. But I expected better. I actually thought the Lions were a decent chance at covering the seven and a half, eight points because they've been one of the best cover teams in the NFL. And it's also crazy to, to, to think, I mean, we got playoffs coming up, which will be a lot of fun to help me pick some games and break those things down. But that one more week, one more week in the Detroit Lions 2021 season now into the year 2022. So with the Packers, you know, clinching the number one seed, it's very unlikely they're going to have any big starters in. And we'll see what happens with the line with the Lions. But the Lions actually ended up winning this game. Uh, and you know, that obviously gives them no chance at the overall number one pick. So that's something that we'll have to monitor, but it, it would be very surprising if the Packers played any starters of note in a game that doesn't matter for them, and they obviously have the bye. Maybe they want to keep their guys fresh for a quarter or something like a preseason game, but we'll see uh, what's going on with that uh, as the week goes forward. And by the way, how about Antonio Brown? You just gotta you gotta pray for a guy like that. I mean, I'm you know, people that listen to me have known that I'm a champion of mental health and and making sure there's no stigma and all that kind of stuff. Boy, Anthony Antonio Anthony Antonio Brown needs some help. Literally took his clothes off, was dismissed from the team in the middle of a Super Bowl run as they're trying to go back to back. And you know, people on Instagram talking about picking him up in Ubers and or you know cars to the airport, just crazy. What happened with Antonio Brown on Sunday? And just wish him nothing but the best. But uh, we'll see next week if Green Bay ends up resting their starters. And, you know, the Lions, uh, of course, if you want the Lions to get a better draft pick, you don't want them to win that game. But we'll see what ends up happening with that game and that spread and uh, the season then over. And it's, you know, which unfortunately for many years in the, the past, the Lions Super Bowl is the NFL draft in April. Uh, but, you know, it's fun to do the mock drafts. It's fun to to see and talk about what, you know, the Lions franchise changing players could be. And we'll have a lot of great guests to be able to discuss that with you uh, throughout the next several weeks and months leading up to the draft. Uh, but it's been, it's been, listen, as far as the Lions season has been, it has been extremely disappointing as far as some of the tough breaks they had and losses they had and injuries they had and guys like Okuda being out and Swift being out and, Hawkinson being shut down for the season. But we're going to obviously talk much more about this over the next several weeks as far as, like, grading the season and how, how you feel as the fans. We'll have lots of polls up for you and a lot of ways for you to interact with us. And then, obviously, I'll give you my thoughts as well. But the feeling I have right now is it feels to me like this team's on the right track.
I mean, there's still a long, 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 long way to go. Could be two, three years. But it seems like they're on the right track with this. They're connected to their head coach. They've got some young, good players, guys like Amon Ross St. Brown. We know what DeAndre Swift can be when he's healthy. He's got to stay healthy, though. We know what Hawkinson is when he's when he's healthy as well. And then, of course, big question mark in the quarterback position and some on defense as well. But I just feel like Brad Holmes had a, a good draft. He's got another chance to have another, like a really, really good draft with the multiple first-round picks coming up. And hopefully not you know missing on whoever they end up taking at number two overall or if they had traded down later in the first round, whatever that ends up being. I think this team feels like they are on the right track. But they're very early in said track, and they have so many more miles on that Monopoly board with Pennsylvania Railroad and Reading Railroad, whatever else, to get around. They're not even halfway to collect the 200 bucks. So to get halfway, they're not even a fifth of the way there. That's going to be what we really are going to have to discuss and, and think about and kind of dissect and break down when it comes to just what this team did this year. And is that a feeling of them moving themselves forward? Obviously, some things brought them backwards, some decisions Dan Campbell made. You know, that's all things that you need to look at in the offseason and not make the same mistakes again and identify what you got to do to build this team the best way you can to make them that contender. And, and once again, it's going to be painful for at least a couple of years. Doesn't mean the Lions won't have some nice moments like that walk-off win against Minnesota. Uh, you know, somehow, some way, blasting the Cardinals, who, you know, were one of the better teams in the NFL coming into that game and really needed a win as bad as any team that's a playoff team in the NFL needed at that point and was coming off a loss. And, you know, the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys on the road, 25-22. So that was a nice moment for the Lions. And it shows you that even with inferior players and depth issues and all that stuff, that maybe Dan Campbell and his assistants and the game plan have this team ready to be able to play above their heads. And imagine if they, as they collect more and more talent, what that could look like in two or three years. That the Lions are one of those teams, you know, that people are feared of. The Lions are one of those teams playing on national television a lot. The Lions, you know, are, are a team like what the Patriots are doing this year. Not comparing them to the Patriots and Belichick, but a team that wasn't expected to do a lot with no Tom Brady anymore and, you know, a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones cutting Cam Newton. And they're 10-6 and and beating teams left and right. Beat the Jags 50-10. to The Jags suck, but Jags have a decent defense, 50-10. to You know, or, or like a team like Cincinnati that really, with Chase and Burrow and some others and, and uh, um, Joe Mixon are on the rise. Or a, t a team like Tennessee, what they've been able to do uh, the last couple of years or, you know, three, four years now with Vrabel. That's what I'm hoping for the Lions fan base and for myself being a Lions fan, that's what's able to happen. So we'll, uh, we, we'll cover it all for you as we always do. And, you know, it's been great to be with you out here from Miami. Uh, I'll be back later uh, in the week and we'll continue to, you know, talk about the Michigan season, what was, what is, and what's going to happen going forward, and uh, much more on the lines as well. And then get into some national title game fun with some best bets and action on that uh, coming up later in the week as well. But thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, it, it has been quite the ride this entire Michigan season. And this, uh, you know, trip down here to be able to experience the Orange Bowl was part of that. And it was an honor to be able to share that with all of you. That's one of the things I pride myself on that I know many of you can't come to, you know, games like this or have families or kids to take care of or jobs you can't get time off from. So 
That's why I like to do it and have you try to live vicariously through me if you wanted to. Uh, but it is quite quite the city, Miami. I'm sure many of you uh, agree with me on that. But if you haven't been down here, or haven't had a chance to, you know, travel with a team that you love, do whatever it takes for you to be able to have that chance. Save up the money or, I don't know, hitchhike. I'm kidding, don't hitchhike. Uh, but it, it really is worth it, win or lose. Obviously, it sucks to lose the, the Orange Bowl semifinal game. But the memories and the time down here and the, the weather and everything else are are memories that I'll have for a lifetime. And I've been able to see a lot of friends that I hadn't seen in years, years and years and years. That's what sports does. It brings us together. Uh, whether my producer Steven Jung agrees or not, because he thinks all sports fans are idiots, but it does bring you together. Even even It brings idiots together, too. All right, that's going to do it uh, from us down here as the Squatch took South Beach and continues to do so. And we'll see you back on the Wild Wednesday show back in frigid Detroit. Until then, keep reaching for the stars, believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch from the beach. For now, out. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.